Cause we got the alternative energy Unmicular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela Stubbs Today on the program, we'll be talking to renegade activist Jacob Grech and we'll be having a look at the federal budget and the allocation for spending on defence and military. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us on the Radioactive Show. We're here today to have a little chat about the federal budget. Oh, dear. And the defence and military spending. Yeah. What are your initial impressions? Well, nothing new to see here, folks. Nothing new to see here. I just want to talk a little bit about the figures of the budget. Um, About $45 billion dollars to the nearest billion, right? $45 billion works out at around about $5 a day for every person in the country. Now, it doesn't sound a lot, $5 a day, except, you know, I remember it wasn't that long ago, the ABC campaign for $0.08 a day per person, and we think 5 bucks a day for defence, and you think 5 bucks a day for defence, and you think... A couple with two kids, which is who the Australian government seems to be aiming everything else in their um, in their policies towards. It's twenty dollars a day, which is a hundred and forty dollars a week for your average family of what Scotty from Marketing likes to refer to as mum, dad, and the two kids. That's $140 a week for defence. And so you you just need to, just for a second, get your head around that. And then when I say there's nothing to see here, some of this money, it's all coming out of this budget, obviously, but they're carrying on about um, some of the things they've been talking about is this great $270 billion, which is a figure that you've heard trotted out over and over and over again. And you've been hearing it trotted out over and over again because it's the same $270 billion, you know, that they're just spending and spending and spending. And every time they do anything with defence, they trot out this figure to make it sound like they're spending more money, but they're not. But basically what we're looking at is 2% of the budget. And it's, it's, a, it's a strange sort of thing because, like, our whole... Defence, when you think of defence, as um, I think it was Andrew Hastie told us recently, I'm fairly sure it was Handy, Andrew Hastie, Handy Andy, um, said that people need to remember that the core business of defence is the projection of lethal force, projection of lethal violence, are the words he used. And that's what the military do. Forget about, you know... Um, bushfire recovery off the coast of Malacuda and, you know, helping the helping poor people in Timor with water supply. The core business is the application of lethal violence. Now, the strange thing is that the costs of our application of lethal violence have dropped from about three quarters of a billion um, in the last financial year with the scaling down or the year before with the scaling down of hostilities, Australian involvement in hostilities in Afghanistan and Iraq, to about a quarter of a billion dollars. So 
and I'm talking in round figures here, it's four hundred and seventy-six million or something. Oh, sorry, two hundred and seventy-six million as opposed to seven hundred and twenty-something built million. So when you think with the actual cost of applying lethal violence has been reduced by a third, and that's even taken account the military response to COVID, which cost them a fair bit of money in deploying people all around, setting up roadblocks and, and all the rest of it like they did. You need to ask why they're spending all this money. And of course, the obvious answer, well, there are two answers, but the obvious answer is China. Um, we're looking at a car key election, I think. We're looking at, um, and we're looking at, what's the word, playing the role of not the United States, but Western capitals, deputy dog or bully boy in the Indo-Pacific region, in um, Asia-Pacific region, um, implementing what, you know, the 2016 white paper referred to as the rules-based order to stop people like China taking islands in the South China Sea. Now, where they're spending the money, a big part of it is on um, capabilities and a sustainment. Um, so we're doing things like upping our um, infrastructure right across northern Australia. We're, um, we're putting lots of money into the bases. We're doing things like, you know, obviously the submarines, the frigates, the F-35s, the tanks, and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago on a Friday rave that, um, you know, we're spending millions and millions of dollars in tanks. I'm just going to bring up the figure here of how much, how much we're, um, we're spending on tanks. When we haven't actually used tanks, $2.5 billion on 75 main battle tanks, and we haven't actually used tanks since Vietnam. Now, I find it hard because sometimes when you're when you're looking at at defence issues as closely as I do, I try I tend to think about it either within their framework, even you know, just suspend my disbelief like I'm watching the Lord of the Rings or something, and say that we you know, China is a nasty threat. Even with within their own parameters of their own programs of what we need to do, spending two and a half billion on 75 tanks so that we can line them up on the Tropic of Capricorn and wait for the Chinese to advance. I just don't understand what it's about. We're not going to airlift them to the South China Sea. It's it's ridiculous. Now, Jim Molan has um, came out, of course, um, being an artilleryman um, and supported the idea of tanks and said that we should have taken tanks over to Afghanistan and we could have really blitzed them. Now, with all the revelations of what the Australian soldiers have done in Afghanistan coming out in the Brereton report, it's only thank, thank God they never had a tank to just blow it to, to, to send a, a shell on, onto a village. So they're doing that. I suppose another thing that needs mention is the Space Force. People have been asking me around the traps about this new Space Force, the Australian Space Force. Um, because America, of course, Donald Trump famously um, implemented the Space Force. What Trump did in the US is he took all the space acquisitions off the US Air Force because they he didn't see them as loyal to him, and he created the Space Force, which he put under the auspices of the US Navy, who he did see as loyal to him. So all he did really was rearrange some papers on the desk 
and moved them from one part of the military to another. And they're talking about doing the same thing here. But whether they're under the Air Force or under the Navy or under the Army um, really means nothing because the, the three divisions in Australia, the Air Force, the Army and the Navy, are now so interlinked in what they call network-centric so that, for example, someone... Um, with the Air Force and someone with the Army and someone with the Navy who are working on a particular mission communicate more with each other and have more in common with each other than they have with someone in their own force on another mission. So it's what the network-centric fourth-generation warfare model. But the Space Force, they've allocated $7.5 billion for. And look, the way the Defence Department spends money, that's hardly enough to design a logo and get some and get some letterhead together, let alone a website. So that's all happening, and it's mainly in defence. All the money is being spent in defence acquisition. And I want to talk just for a moment, if I can, about defence acquisition. Why are we spending all this money? And part of the reason for that, part of it is because we want to build up a military, because we want to be seen as a as as someone with a big stick, um, you know, work for peace but carry a big stick is the is the thing that's often said. But part of it also is to boost the Australian economy. Now it sounds strange, but because of all the trade deals that we've been involved in, we can't subsidise engineering projects on more socially beneficent measures. We can't build washing machines or angle grinders or cars because for Australian government to, to give, to subsidise, basically it's the equivalent of a negative tariff on manufacturing industries will be seen as an unfair barrier to trade. And the only thing that isn't seen as an unfair barrier to trade is national security. So we can't say to... General Motors, you know, here's a couple of million dollars, work out a nice car for Australian conditions, but we can say, here's a couple of billion dollars, work out a tank we don't need for Australian traditions and uh, conditions. And what's happening is because Australia has basically come into a whole resource extraction model, we're basically a third world country, and on the economic diversity in, index, we're um, on a par with... Zambia and Ghana and Mauritius, we've got no economic diversity and we have no engineering and manufacturing capability anymore. So naturally an Australian government sees this and wants to increase our manufacturing capability, which I think is a good thing. I think we should have engineers and plumbers and mechanics and building, being able to build shit. You know, you know, but it's just a shame that we've locked ourselves in so that all we can build is military equipment. And you're tuned to the Radioactive Show. That's a conversation with Jacob Grech, renegade activist. And we'll go to a song, Masters of War by Odetta. And we'll come back to have a little bit more of a look at the federal defence budget, where the money is being spent and of companies linked in with that. Now you masters of war You that build all of the guns 
build the dead plain You that build the big bombs You that hide behind walls You that hide behind desks Just want you to know that I see through your mask You that never done nothing but build to destroy You play with my world Like it's your little toy Put a gun in my hand And you hide from my eyes And turn and run farther When the fast bullets fly Like the Judas of old You lie, you deceive World war can be won You want me to believe But I see through your eyes I see through the waters that run down my drain You fasten the triggers For the others to fire And sit back and walk When the death count gets higher You hide in your mansion As the young people's blood Flows out of their bodies And buried in the That's the worst fear That can never be hurled Fear to bring children Into the world Threatening my baby Unborn and unnamed Oh, you ain't worth the blood That runs in your veins How much do I know 
to talk out of turn You might say that I'm young You might say I'm unlearned But there's one thing I know Though I'm younger than you Even Jesus would never What you do Let me ask you one question Is your money that good Will it buy you forgiveness Do you think that it could That can never be heard. That was civil rights activist Odetta singing that classic song by Bob Dylan. And now we'll go into the second part of the conversation with Jacob Greck. Part of what we seeing at the same time is all these programs that are being run in high schools that are starting to gear people yeah. up for jobs in these industries. And I guess that's, yeah, one of the things that's super concerning, if that's their area that they want to expand into, then you can see that there's obviously a forward projection that they're going oh, to yeah. say we have to create opportunities to utilise these equipment and all the training and expertise that we're developing and in turn that just leads to creation of more war which I guess is what we're seeing with um, ScoMo heading us towards this. Towards John. Aaron Dutty Roy Mm. said it well years ago. She said we used to make weapons, sell weapons to fight wars. Now we fight wars to sell weapons. Mm. It's turned on its head. It's interesting you, you note that um, in high schools, in South, it's not only high schools. In South Australia, it goes as young as kindergarten, the subs in schools program, where they pick kids with mathematical minds and they advance them, they fast track them, they put them, and they sell it as STEM. And particularly something that concerns me, here's another thing about this defence budget. When we say $44.6 billion, that's just what's in the defence budget straight out, but there's so much more that goes into it. You know, we have millions being spent on getting women into STEM, science, technology, um, engineering and mathematics, all right, subjects. And it's a great thing. We should have more women working in STEM, absolutely. But what you're not told is that this is going into arms company programs. So it's not science for the sake of science, it's science for the sake of building weapons. And then you have a thing like 
the Osmin talks, the de- Defence Ministerial talks last year, spent, and this is particularly pertinent to the radioactive show, I guess, with a focus on mining, um, spent so much of their talks talking about mining rare earths in Western Australia. So rare earths and development of rare earths happening on Indigenous lands. Indigenous people are getting money to build roads, so it's money that's earmarked for Indigenous development going into building roads for rare earth mines. So, And that's defence because Linus, the company in Australia that deals with all this, the only company that can outside in the world outside of China, has just signed an exclusive deal with the Pentagon. All right, because you think of rare earths as telephones and everything, but it's also satellites and communications. You know, they've spent $85 million in this budget building a re-silvering mirror-coating facility in Western Australia to deal with one telescope that they've built at the old Harold E. Holt Naval Station in Exmouth that's going to last for five years. So even $85 million we're spending to re-mirror a telescope which is used by the Americans to intercept messages of Chinese communications in Exmouth. Um, it's absolutely crazy. And, and, and so there's so much that's going in other parts of the budget and that go into defence and not just budget. You have things like, you know, Medicare, Medibank, whatever it's called, have to give so much of their money for Indigenous development and Indigenous health. Wonderful. Great idea until you find out that primarily what they do is give the money to the Indigenous Defence Initiatives Consortium, all right, which is headed by Adam Goods. So you've got money put aside for Aboriginal development, Indigenous development, going into a company that Adam Goods, the you know poster boy of the anti-racism movement, is heading up a consortium which is primarily involved with a company he owns as well, getting blackfella companies into into defence projects. So when you look at this $5 a day, $140 a week for a family of four, um, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the tip of the iceberg. And we're not even talking, um, you know other areas of defence and um, the the part of the foreign affairs budget and the infrastructure budget and the way Australian aid is used as a as a defence lever, a military lever, and it's just impossible. I could I I could pick a figure and say double it, you know, with with everything else going on. Yeah, because I did notice like that. Um, there's all these grants these companies can apply for like small business grants and stuff like that. Regional so I was like, development. what are all the hidden yeah. <laughs> ways that the military industry is, is uh, benefiting that's not covered by that figure? But yeah, I, I guess the other thing that I was thinking about, especially because I was looking at the deal that the Victorian government's done with Albert System to develop this research um, <sighs> centre here yeah. and, and saw that Maurice Payne had done all these deals with Albert Systems, you know, multi-billion dollar deals while he was working as Defence Minister and now he's got his own lobbying company and they're one of his main clients. And I think, you know, it's the same thing, obviously, that we see with, you know, the mining industry and that, um, yeah, one minute they're in 
Parliament making all these decisions the next minute there. The revolving, the revolving <laughs> door, revolving door, the revolving yeah. door. And it's interesting, mm. particularly you mentioned Elbert Systems, um, because, of course, um, Elbert Systems is an Israeli company. As we're recording this, Israel is just bombing the absolute crap out of Gaza and the occupied West Bank. And, um, yeah, and this is Elbert, this is Elbert Systems. These people have just put out a new advertising thing this month, talking about how they're battle-tested and battle-hardened, which means we know how to kill Palestinians. And um, these are the people that... The Austra- well, look, let's forget the Australian government because that's Morrison. We don't expect anything better of Morrison and Dutton. But this is Daniel Andrews doing a deal with the Victorian government for Elbert System, for these, these people who are making a killing in Gaza. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? No, no, just to say that you know, whenever you when whenever you hear about these kind of things, just spend ten minutes, spend ten minutes going through doing a duck duck go search, and looking through. Or better still, look up some of these companies on WikiLeaks.org. I don't know if you would have any figures on it, but just wondering about what kind of percentage of the budget or what kind of money is going into building peace. Oh, too many zeros, mate. It's, um, yeah, point zero zero. I mean, it's what they say, what is peacekeeping? Mm. They'll tell you that sending army around there with guns to march around the village is peacekeeping, but I can't see it. And thanks so much to Jacob for joining us on the show. And obviously there's a lot more to talk about on this topic and we'll be doing that in future shows. The Boycott Divestment Sanction Australia campaign is calling on the Victorian government to abandon any association with Elbert. And you can go to their webpage, which is bdsaustralia.net.au. Uh, so, yeah, really encourage everybody to have a look at that. There's the Disrupt Land Forces Festival of Resistance coming up. The main activities will be happening in Mianjin, Brisbane from May 28 to June 3. And you can go to disruptlandforces.org to find out more. The Radioactive Show is recorded in the studios of 3CR on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation. To have a listen back to this show and previous programs, you can go to our webpage, 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Thanks so much to the ACE Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth and thanks to the team at the Community Radio Network for getting this show out to community radio stations across the country every week. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.